0: I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. going on everybody welcome to another episode of the after the storm podcast episode 12 and it feels like we're living in the upside down like we're stuck in a DeLorean like time machine that just keeps taking us further and further and further back down the annals of American history and not in a good way and I speak of course of the landmark Roe v Wade decision we all experienced earlier this week. A decision that took away constitutional rights given to us 50 years ago in a 1973 case. And so throughout this process I was debating whether or not to use this platform to have this discussion. This is after all what many would say a controversial topic and one that many people shy away from. One that Many men aren't going to speak about in the background. It seemingly always happens to fall upon the shoulders of women. And that line of thinking got me exactly to this point where I decided and I really realized that this cannot be just a women's rights fight. It cannot be just a women's rights issue. This is a human rights issue issue along with a women's rights issue and it's the responsibility of men to be there not just in a supportive way for women but to be just as vocal and just as loud for the fundamental rights of women and at this point we have to ask ourselves how much control do we really have because now our own anatomy is in question Do we even have the ability to make these choices on our own? And you know, I've said in the past, what is the point of having a government for the people, by the people, if the people appointed do not serve the needs of the people? And I get it. This is a controversial topic, as I said earlier, and many people teeter a line. Because when you talk about abortion... You talk about religion, you talk about morality, pro life, pro choice. What do these words, what do these terms really mean? So many people will constantly bring up religion as their crutch as to why they are anti abortion, why they're anti choice. And they'll formulate this whole moral construct designed to make you feel shitty or insignificant or less of a compassionate human because you are making this choice for the betterment of your own life. so what is pro-choice? What is pro-choice to people? It feels as though pro-choice, the term, has a negative connotation because when people hear the term pro-choice, they automatically assume pro-abortion. But you can be pro-choice and be anti-abortion you can be against abortion and still support someone's right to make their own choice and that gets lost in this entire discussion all the time and people will throw stats at you and metrics at you to try to make you feel and try to sway you one way or the other and all it does is create more of a division in this country and it's exactly what we don't need especially at a time like this and you're seeing that people from both ends conservatives and liberals especially women are coming together on this because we all collectively are understanding that our human rights are under attack and we can only wonder what is to follow if this is the beginning what comes next but there's a lot to unpack and this first half i hope you guys can bear with me because i have a lot to say but the second half of the episode Uh, I have one of my dear friends coming on the show and we'll do a whole discussion on the topic because I really wanted to have a female's perspective on this. But just if you'll bear with me for the next 30 minutes or so and just let me get in my soapbox, I would really appreciate that. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Eddie and I'll be your host and guide through the After the Storm podcast. So feel free to vent, rage, scream, cry or whatever it is that you need to do to get through this moment as we once again go through this journey of life self-acknowledgement and of course music often people are born with this idea of what is right and what is wrong and these values are withheld within their their family and their close ones and the people they keep around them for so long that by the time that you become a individually thinking adult you're no longer able to process other ideologies i think life is about making adjustments whether that be personally or from a thinking standpoint And I believe that when you're raised with this idea of these pro-life values, you kind of block yourself from the ability to understand that abortion is about more than just all these negative things that you were taught about. It's an actual medical procedure that people use at times to save their own lives. And it seems as though we've arrived at a point where we're just doing this ballet of every other week or so, a new report, a new event, a new ruling comes out that just seems to move us backwards. But it really does feel like it's rinse and repeat. One day we get this breaking news story, whether it's about gun control, whether it's about abortion, whether it's about gay rights. And then what do we do? We go on Twitter, we go on Instagram, we go on Facebook, we express our grief, we express our opinions, we watch the news, we get all these uh, two, three-minute uh, rants from political advisors and uh, analysts and journalists, right, that we cheer on and we retweet and we favor it. And then a couple days pass and then a new event comes around and then the previous one goes back down the list of priorities and we rinse wash, and repeat the same cycle that we just did. We live in a country of distractions, and there's always something new to distract you from the previous issue that we just had. And I just had this conversation about the Uvalde shooting a couple of episodes ago. And it was one of those situations where had this just this gut feeling that the same thing would happen, that... We would all mourn, we would feel a way about it, and then time would pass, and then nothing would come of it, and guess what? It just went back down that list. And now we arrive at Roe v. Wade, another landmark moment in American history, not the kind of history that we should be making today, but the fear is going to continue to be that we're going to fight this, we're going to discuss this, and then as time passes, people are just going to forget about it. and. It's more than just an inconvenience to them. It's an infringement of their own basic human rights. And people will likely die from this. But people seem to not understand it or they fear that conversation or when they hear it, they just turn the other way. And have you ever stopped to think how crazy it is that our constitutional rights are so heavily influenced by the get lucky offense, the crapshoot of who is president when certain justices decide to either retire or die. And it's not abnormal behavior for a president to appoint a certain amount of justices. President Trump anointed three. Obama before him appointed three. Bush four. So this isn't abnormal behavior. But in Trump's case, He made it very clear from the early stages of his initial campaign that he would look to nominate Supreme Court justices that would eventually repeal Roe v. Wade. And so despite the fact that Donald Trump hasn't been in office now for basically two years, he still was able to influence long-term ramifications during his time in office. And he appointed three Supreme Court justices who essentially walked this little teetered line and lied under oath about what their beliefs on Roe v. Wade were. All with the eventual strategy that they would find a way to overtake the Supreme Court and win the ruling in their favor. And it's just fucking crazy to me. Do I have the answers? I don't. And I hate being that person who complains and yells at Sky and doesn't have the answers, but it's just how I feel. And we're allowed to just kind of irrationally feel certain ways and yell out loud. And if you have found yourself at any time during this process, not being able to focus or to rationally think or understand why these things are happening, you're not alone. And I think at times there have to be moments where we as human beings just take a moment to exist and put all these other things that just seem so insignificant to the side. And once again, not to get crazy political. And I'm not going to make this uh, this Trump versus Biden, Trump versus Hillary conversation. but. This just goes to show why your vote matters because the people in power that you vote for or don't vote for, vote against, whatever, they are the ones who can ultimately make these decisions that maybe during their terms won't affect you. But as you can see now, can come back to bite you in the ass. But you know the most fucked up part about this whole thing, and I don't say this lightly, and I feel that it's the opinion of a lot of people as well, and I've seen tweets about it and memes and whatnot, but I truly believe that if the roles were reversed and men were the ones who carried babies and birth babies, that we would have abortions at fucking bending machines at every corner. We'd have drive-through abortions, and this wouldn't even be a topic. But it goes back to these old ideologies of turning women into second-class citizens and instead of treating them as what they are, equals. Honestly, more often than not, a lot of women are better than men. Let's just be honest. It just really is so damaging from not just this autonomy aspect, but also it just pushes back this fight that we've had of women's rights and women's uh, and gender equality throughout all these years i mean think about it in the grand scheme of things it hasn't even been that long since women were given the right to vote 1920 is when women's suffrage finally and women finally had the same rights that men had to vote Do you know how many presidents had been in office by the time that women's suffrage ended? By the time we finally got this right? 28. It took 28 elections, 28 presidents for us to finally get this right. We've had 18 presidents since Woodrow Wilson was in office. So yes, in the grand scheme of things, Women haven't been seen as equals for really that long. There are people still alive walking this earth who were born, were babies, granted, when women's suffrage ended. And arrived today and as, don't get me wrong, as great as it is to see uh, new stories of the first woman to do this, the first African-American woman to do this, the first Latina woman to do this. These are great stories, but the fact that it's 2022 and we're still arriving at a point where it's, we're still seeing the first woman to do something just goes to show how far behind we are. We're 46 presidents in, and you're going to tell me that throughout this entire time, there hasn't been one single qualified woman to lead this country? There's no possible way, especially when you look back at the lineage of super qualified candidates that we've had in the past. I mean, we finally just had our first vi- female vice president. So you tie this all back in and you, it just adds another layer, another element into this clusterfuck that, that is women's rights in this country. And you know the worst part? Is that these people think that they actually did something with this. They think that this was the end-all, be-all answer to ending abortion, something that they see as morally or religiously wrong. But all they did was just make abortion less accessible, less affordable. Abortions are still going to happen, but it's going to happen unsafely. And women are going to have to put their lives in danger And doctors potentially are going to have to put their medical practice, their career at risk for these procedures to potentially save the life of someone. And it's just such a damning thought. And more action has been taken to... It seems as though the people have had to come together to find ways or avenues or answers to try to limit the damage control on this Supreme Court ruling on abortion. Meanwhile, conservatives and people who have money being funded into their pockets from the NRA and people who are gun crazy are fighting tooth and nail to make sure that their Second Amendment rights are protected. And so we live in a country where apparently your rights to own a gun are more important than your rights to control the choices that you make with your own body. And I don't understand that. I don't know how we've arrived at that point because I don't think that we all are living in the country that we believe that we're actually living in. A lot of people say, home of the brave, land of the free – And all these great things, and don't get me wrong, there are a lot of things about this country that I appreciate, a lot of the chances. Many of our parents came here at a young age to provide us with the best future possible. Futures that we may not have been able to get in many of our parents' countries of origin. And for that, I'm appreciative. But that doesn't excuse this country from any of the bullshit that we continuously see. And I think the idea of individual states trying to criminalize abortion goes to show that this isn't about the lives of babies. This isn't about uh, this moral construct, this these moral uh, ideas, religious ideas that people try to spew on us in order to rationalize their pro-life ambitions. This is, to me lawmakers and 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 people trying to control women and the scary part is that from everything that i've been able to gather it seems as though this is only just the beginning and that we can expect more of these rights more of these freedoms to be stripped and taken away from us with very little to no say on our end whether it's the right to contraception or whether it's restricting gay rights we can expect to see more laws go into effect or more rights taken away from us in the coming months, years, or whatever it may be. I have to remind anyone listening that I am no expert on abortion. I am no expert on a lot of these laws. But who really is, other than a medical professional or perhaps someone who actually has had to have an abortion, and even they would shudder to consider themselves or classify themselves as an expert on abortion because how could you possibly say that so we find ourselves in the place where we have all these scattered thoughts and we're trying to just find the best way to bring it together and make a rational point and so typically in these situations i turn to writing and i turn to reading so that i can Finally get all these scattered individual thoughts that I have and put them together and come up with that rational line of thinking. Some kind of solution or some kind of understanding of how I feel about this situation and how I can express whether it be my sorrowness or my support or how I can further fight alongside people who are being oppressed within the moment. But instead of laying that responsibility on myself this time, I'll turn to the readings, the writings of someone else, someone else that I admire, someone else who I also believe would shudder to ever consider themselves any kind of expert on abortion. But it was an essay written by Miami local sports writer, and kind of a landmark Miami guy, Dan Levitard, who so seemingly always finds a way to just perfectly eloquate the thoughts that many people within this local market and really around the world feel about some of these terrible incidents and these rulings and these news stories and situations that we seemingly always seem to find ourselves on a biweekly basis. And so I'm going to take a second to read his essay that he wrote out loud because it affected me and I believe that there's a lot in here that could help us really understand or make some kind of rational sense out of all these scattered thoughts that we have in our mind. And the name of the essay is Everything All at Once. As we emerge weekend from another weekend as a people, as a country, you feel the weight of it draped on you again. The world weariness, this film of exhausted depression from fighting all these daily fights that stretch endlessly from an American woman's womb all the way to Ukraine. Open your eyes in the morning if you could sleep. Turn on any television and here is a partial list of what you see under attack. The earth is under attack from flooding to fire. Freedom is under attack, democracy is under attack, decency is under attack, women are under attack, blacks are under attack, immigrants, exiles, Jews, Asians, Muslims, the poor, gays are under attack, lesbians, bisexuals, the transgender, the questioning are under attack. Anything or anyone who can be framed as the other to further foment fear is under attack. Our kids are under attack. Our mothers, wives, girlfriends, sisters, daughters, the things we love and the things we need. Your bank account, your gas tank, your rent, your oceans, your farms, your futures, your free speech is under attack. Fair elections, facts, the free press, the constitution, the Capitol building is under attack. We, the people, are under attack. And whatever you thought and dreamed this country was or could be is under attack. And you know what gets buried and lost under all that? Your peace. And your power. This is impossible to miss. As we march in the streets, as we can't stop fighting each other, as everything becomes about the distraction techniques and politics, and America looks a little dumber and more embarrassing by the day, none of us seem to be living in the country we thought we were all living in. All of us. Republicans, or Democrats, and everyone else feel threatened, even those in power. The feeling of being threatened is somehow both the reason that we all fight and one of the few things that we all have in common. But this isn't about Republicans and Democrats, or rather, if it is about Republicans, then it must also be about Democrats. Americans have one million options on coffee flavors and water, but only two real political parties so we get the leadership we deserve, or lack thereof. Republicans so very ruthless about winning the dirtiest fights, Democrats so very weak in losing them. The Democrats could have put Roe into law numerous times, but instead decided to fundraise off it. And that's one of the dirtiest secrets here, that the government and media are almost entirely choked and controlled by big money. The laughing billionaires rocket their toys towards space without paying taxes and watch from above as the rest of us do what desperate animals do in a confined environment. We have begun eating each other. And this, this is how you erode principles with the metronomic consistency of waves upon a shore. You make the daily fight so hard in so many ways and places that you get too tired and distracted and helpless and hopeless to even get to the up in uprising. It is exhausting. Fights on all these fronts. But exhausting you is part of the game plan. It's a technique used in torture. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. But the power does not ever tire of throwing these fights your way, weakening your appetite, And strength for them. And the more you cry for equality, the more the power gets annoyed. Women didn't help write our rights. They didn't get the right to vote until more than 12 decades later. And so you've seen the legal reaction to the move towards progress, empowerment, and equality for them. And against the will of the citizens in a voting democracy. Me too, just got sent the hell back to 1972. So now the unborn are more protected than they were. But the born, not so much. Congratulations, America. The fetus is now safer in the womb than it is five years later, when it can be sent off to school and slaughtered. The latest in an appalling indignity that is the Republican Party, as Donald Trump once said on tape at the start of his 10,000 Watergate scandals, has now grabbed American women by the pussy. And by law of our land against the will of the voting people, an American woman now has less agency over her body, life, and future than her government. And in this regard, eliminating a woman's reproductive freedom, the land of the free is now Russia, Iran, North Korea. We are our enemies. We are the enemy. And so there's a lot to unpack in what we just read, but I believe that a lot of it encapsulates exactly the feelings that many of us feel. After one event, the second event, the third event, the fourth event, the new ruling, the new law, all of it is just very overwhelming and we all arrive at a point where we don't even know what to do with ourselves and we don't know the direction that the very country that we live in and call home is going. This week's episode and part of next week's episode will really be more about uh, the women's side of it because that's really what is is more important to kind of get on this and so I invited one of my good friends Vanessa Mil, onto the show and Vanessa professionally works within the public health uh sector and so I feel as though she could be a really good uh resource to kind of discuss not just Her thoughts on the Roe v. Wade rulings and abortion in general, but also some of the ramifications from a public health standpoint that this ruling is going to have. And so without further ado, uh, here is the conversation, my interview with Vanessa. What's going on, everybody? Here we are with another interview, uh, another conversation. I brought along my dear, dear friend, Vanessa Vanessa Villamil, one of my longtime friends over a decade now. And she is now a professional within the public health sector. So I figured she could be kind of a good resource uh, for this particular conversation that we're having today. But as always, before Vanessa gets her time to speak and we go into a conversation, I have to say some nice things about Vanessa. And Vanessa is my New York twin. She, we're both our, we were both born in Queens, and our long journeys have led us here to this moment. And to many conversations that we've had, Vanessa, I consider very near and dear to my heart. I feel super open and I can just always be myself around her. And she really brings out a different side of me that a lot of people aren't able to bring out. And I love Vanessa and I don't tell her that enough, but here she is. And I'm so happy that she did this in a super, super last minute uh, kind of request. I literally asked her if she could do this around like three o'clock and we figured it out and here we are being able to do this on the same day so i'm super thankful for that but vanessa thank you for coming on the show and i hope you enjoyed all the nice things that i just said about you thank you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's okay it's okay everyone knows how to react to that but that's fine that's fine
1: You know, I don't I'm not. You're like, not. Vanessa is not, not good with words.
0: She's not good with words. She's not good with words. We're just here for her professional, you know, and and her woman uh like uh perspective on this topic. And I'm sure she'll text me later and be like, those were such those were such a nice thing to said about me. <laughs> but uh regardless, Vanessa, um first thing I always have to ask is how are you? How are you doing? How are things going mentally, physically, spiritually, all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, everything's good Uh, you know tired looking forward to the long weekend Mm -hmm. Um, still here enjoying Atlanta my dog Julio (laughs) (laughs) all good
0: okay good to hear good to hear Uh, so let's get right into it Um, so I want to ask you um, what were your talk to me about your initial your reaction and some of your preliminary thoughts that you had uh, when you first heard about this, this new ruling, this eradication of the Roe v. Wade.
1: I first found out about it, like I was working and I got a text from a friend, um, like out of the blue, just kind of saying, oh, like, I'm, I'm even more afraid now to kind of get pregnant as I get older. Like, what if, you know, something's wrong, and these rights are not available to me. And I was kind of like, this is so like, out of the blue, I just kind of was focused on work. And I, I was like, what? <laughs> like, why are you saying this? Um, and that's kind of how the news was like, broken to me that it had been overturned. Um, so I kind of know, like, exactly what my initial reaction was, like, I don't have to think about it, because it was like, written down. I guess my first thoughts were just my first initial thought was kind of understanding, like, what, how, how did this happen? Like, what were, what, what did the court say? Like, what were the I guess, like legal issues, um, and then kind of what, what's the next step? Like, what can be done to make, a, make sure that it's like a nationwide right? Like, do we pass a bill? Like, but do we need to pass an amendment? When was the last amendment passed in this country? Like, what what are the next steps? Like, that's just, I guess, where my brain jumps to, like, mm-hmm. okay, if, if it's like a matter of, um, you know, the court not being able to enforce this, how do we get this into law? Then like, what what is the next, basically, what's the next step? That was just where my brain jumped to. And that was my initial reaction.
0: So, it was like a lot of kind of scrambled thoughts kind of already jumping into like the legality of it as a you know as opposed to just fully going like emotional with it, uh which I'm sure like a lot of people they read it and just initially were just like in a fit of rage or like sad or just emotional right for for yeah. a sense, but I see like you know you had kind of that combination of that, but also kind of like okay what how did this go wrong, and like what's the next step right kind of that perspective right
1: yeah exactly i. I didn't want to get emotional without like first understanding if it was something, I guess, to be emotional about like mm-hmm. that the courts were saying like abortion should be outlawed basically. And so I just wanted to really know what, what was being said, what the, like what had happened. And then like, what could, what could potentially be done um, before, you know, before I start having like an emotional reaction of any kind or like start thinking that it's unfair. I really wanted to understand.
0: So along with this conversation, something that happens a lot, uh is that people hear those terms pro-choice pro-life and they automatically make an assumption of people and what their beliefs are so people hear pro-choice and they automatically think uh or at least some people automatically think oh this person is pro-abortion or and that's not really just the case pro-choice just means that somebody is respects somebody's uh, you know their their rights to be able to make that choosing and so i guess what I want to ask you is what does that term pro-choice mean to you? And what are your thoughts when people politicize uh, abortion or they use religion to kind of justify uh, their their means to it to their means to being opposite of pro-choice?
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, sometimes people kind of maybe want to jump to conclusions that I guess it's essentially equated to pro-abortion and that's not um, the case. I think Maybe a lot of people that don't want abortions to, you know, I don't want people to have abortions, like are still pro-choice, just because it acknowledges that the choice should be available. Like no one's, you know, going out um, and seeking to get pregnant to then have an abortion. Like no one's pro-abortion in that sense. But to me, like it means acknowledging that it's something that's a choice that you need to think about, um, consider just like just like both sides of the you know the coin like you no one's you don't want anyone to be able to force you to have an abortion and you don't want anyone to be able to tell you not to have one like it's it should be a choice either way um no one should tell you like because of your means or your medical conditions or just like your traumas anything they shouldn't be able to tell you like you have to have an abortion or you, you you know you can't have an abortion it should just always be up to the women i think it i think it also acknowledges like that it's a, it's a, like, kind of like a private choice. Like, no one should have to tell a doctor or anybody that, you know, they like, lived through a traumatizing experience or that they have, like, a specific medical issue or maybe that they just can't afford a baby. Like, they shouldn't have to disclose that, you know, to justify. So I feel like it should just, I think full choice acknowledges that it's, like, a personal, private choice, um, mm-hmm. that women should have and make on their own. Um, and no one else can fully understand, you know, each woman's circumstances. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, like, I don't I don't try to, like, villainize people that you look at it through, like, the religious lens or, like, even through a political lens. Like, I think that people that, you know, feel really strongly in that way, if they maybe really truly believe, like, you know, that it's morally wrong, that everybody should believe that it's morally wrong or that they, they believe that, like, it's an unjust, like, law, that it should, you know, be banned. Um, but I don't, like, try to villainize them for those feelings because they have those feelings based on. You know, the experiences that they've had in their life. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm never going to agree with them, like, no matter what, but I, I don't like try to jump to the com- conclusion that like, you know, humanity, their, their humanity is like bad and they don't care, you know, about women or something like that. Like I, they, I'm sure they have like, you know, good intentions in their heart, I guess, for the most part. But I think that, you know, it does get like overly politicized, like in the media. And, um, but th- like the truth is that. Most of the United States, they are in favor of having abortion available to women, Um, you know, and there's like a lot of nuances, a lot of disagreement on, you know, like what factors should be in play. But there's a general or at least a general agreement that it should be available like nationwide um, for the most part. So maybe it's a little bit overly politicized, at least like out in the media.
0: No, it's it's definitely it's definitely every time it, it comes up, it's a controversial topic because people always find a way to relate it or tie it into uh religion or from a political standpoint. And I think that a lot of us were kind of embedded with this idea that should never combine church and state. And yeah. so, when, so when people you know use religion as that crutch as to why this should go into law, it really just it's just hypocritical to those who always preach that you know, eliminate church and state mentality. Um,
1: yeah. And I mean, I think that, like, there's so many different religions and, like, so, that believe so many different things. And as, like, a country, you know, to live, like, in this, I guess, like, melting pot, we kind of have to learn where and how to draw, like, those lines. And I think for the most part, we draw those lines on, like, okay, you can do a lot of things as long as it doesn't affect, like, someone else. Mm-hmm. And, like, and not even necessarily life because we allow, like, capital punishment and, like, self-defense like so uh i don't know we it's like a weird thing and i think that the fact that we don't even the fact that it's not out like abortion is not outlawed it it shows to me like people don't equate it with like murder um so i think that people generally understand that it's not the same i don't know all that to say like there's so many religions that like there's religions that don't believe in like infusion of blood or like just so many things and you know we kind of have to draw those lines of like well if it's not as long as it's not affecting anyone else
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it definitely comes in that part of like not being educated on not just this topic, but, you know, from a religious standpoint, not understanding the beliefs of other religions and, you know, where those lines are drawn. Being that you've, I've seen you grow through in, in this, in this kind of field. You got your master's in public health and now you work in that sector. And so something that a lot of people, they just kind of blinded to it are the health issues that pertain to uh, a ruling like this. So you could kind of just go over some of the potential public health implications for women uh, due to this ruling.
1: Yeah. So, so I, because of like, you know, my education and my degree, I, I can see, I look, I look at like as a population as a whole, you know, not just the individual women, like how are they going to be affected as a whole? Um And like a big thing that comes to mind with this ruling is like it could cause more health inequity than we already have in this country, Um, you know, like. There's different health outcomes for you know women with less resources, people that are in poverty. So I think that this ruling has a potential to kind of widen that gap and create a bigger problem in that sense, Um, since women are going to be differently, like impacted differently. And I think it's just so unfair that it's going to be, you know, more accessible to some and then not others. Like, how are we not as a country acknowledging that if some people can have it, you know, everyone deserves to have that access. Um yeah so that one big thing that i think of in public health terms is that it can create a lot of inequity additionally women that are kind of forced to carry out their pregnancy they can end up with like poor birth outcomes because a big risk factor like it's been studied like a big risk factor for infant outcomes is the period of time before you're pregnant like what you're doing right before you get pregnant and if it's an you know an unplanned pregnancy it could be maybe that you're an older woman, or you were just someone who didn't know that they were about to get pregnant. And maybe you were you know, drinking a lot, you were smoking, maybe you were doing drugs, maybe, you know, you haven't kept up with your vitamins, you're obviously you're not taking tomatoes, because you're not planning to get pregnant, you know, you're not keeping a healthy diet, maybe you're not controlling like your diabetes, like you should be so many different things that you're not planning for a pregnancy, it can affect the outcomes of your pregnancy. So I think that that's one issue that I think of, like that it could have an impact on in the future if it's not, you know, addressed. But yeah, I think the main thing is health inequity just because that that affects so many different things, so many different health outcomes um, on different levels. You know, if if it's affecting disproportionately people that are in poverty, you know, that then it has like future impacts. Like those women already were at a disadvantage and now maybe you're impacting their careers, their, you know, economic prospects. Maybe they don't have maternity leave. Maybe they don't have health care. You know available or they're not gonna have childcare. care maybe they don't have the same social support and family to help them out or like or like pto sick leave like so many things and now they're gonna just be more behind because you know you, they weren't given the choice and i guess the last thing that i can just kind of think of is like in cases of abuse like it could, has a potential to like affect like impact women i, I guess i think it's like it could be a missed opportunity like if you no know, you're going to have an abortion and that's like an opportunity to be like you know this is an abuse um, of some kind and like a potential to give that women resources or maybe now women can become like more dependent on their abuser and if they're you know forced to kind of carry this out so that's just like another concern
0: it's really interesting you bring that up i honestly you can do all the research ever and you'll always find you can always find you know medical issues directly correlated to not being able to have an abortion but Also the psychological issues, uh, Mm -hmm. that can pertain from situations like this. You mentioned, you know, an abuser, uh, in the case of rape, for example. Right. And then a woman having to not just, uh, overcome those traumas, you know, and understand that they now have to carry a baby, uh, despite being abused, despite, you know, being raped, uh, without, you know, carrying that trauma with them. But then, as you said, maybe becoming dependent on their abuser, right. Because they have no other means. and so. You know, aside from just the standard medical issues that uh, people can search up and look up, there are huge psychological issues that, that pertain from uh, from this ruling and, you know, not giving women the resources to have these abortions. Um, mm-hmm. This is really, I don't know, it feels like a domino effect, honestly, like one could lead to another.
1: It really is. And that's why, like, it, I, I bring it up because it it can have an impact, like, on so many different like outcomes, like heart disease, like blood pressure, so many so many other like health related outcomes like not even just you know thinking of psychological but which is also under public health but just mm-hmm. so many different um, health outcomes that it can impact so yeah it is a domino effect
0: yeah and so to kind of deviate a little bit just from uh, the topic of abortion uh we've had plenty of conversations and you're definitely not one who I've seen as shy uh or quiet when it comes to uh gender equality and women's rights. And you do it in many forms, but, we'll, you know, throughout the years, we've had plenty of discussions like this. And now with this and kind of maybe some of the other things that we've seen lately and potentially what this ruling could lead to down the line. And, you know, these other potential rights and laws that may go into effect or that may be taken away from us as a whole, especially now heightened with this new ruling, uh where do you land on where we are in this country? in terms of gender equality and women's rights and what do you see what do you think needs to kind of change uh in in that kind of topic
1: so as a whole and maybe i'm just overly like optimistic but i think as a whole the country acknowledges that like women and men are equal and have equal protections and opportunities despite even despite you know like this moment right now and it's just a more of an issue of equity in general, understanding that like, even though women and men are equal, there are so many little things that impact like women, like, you know, unequal pay or, you know, maternity leave or just different like opportunities that women don't get still. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's things that need to be addressed, but I don't think that it's as a whole because women don't have the same opportunities and protections. It's just that the, our laws and policies and all these things are catching up to how they need to be tailored to women, because we are women and men are, you know, different, um, have different needs. So I think that things are just catching up still. But I think as a whole, we, this country does, you know, believe in gender equality. And yeah, I think that this ruling is unfortunate, but I'm optimistic that it'll lead to the country stepping up and making this, you know, like a federal law where it'll ensure that uh, every woman has right. To abortion um because i don't think that it should be left up to the states that doesn't like that just doesn't make sense to me that it doesn't sense. seem fair and i think that that's acknowledged the fact that it's not flat out illegal it means like and like they're allowing you know like if there's an acknowledgement that it's something people need access to or have a right to have access to it just wasn't i guess you can say in place the right way mm-hmm. um, but i'm just hoping that quickly we can put it in place the right way and kind of maybe solidify it forevermore, um, so mm-hmm. that it won't ever come into question. Again, I mean, I'm sure nuances will come into question, um, of it, like the whole like, viability thing, or all these different like little questions, but not just like flat out not having access, like it needs to be accessible. And and I think it needs to be a choice. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of getting it right.
0: It just doesn't really make sense for it to be available in some states, but not in others. and. One thing that I've seen that, you know, at least it's kind of cool is that CEOs of like Fortune 500 businesses kind of step up to the plate and say, at least their employees, that they would, you know, help out with expenses for travel and for medical, uh, you know, purposes when it came to if they needed to travel from one state that has outlawed uh, abortions to a state that still, you know, allows them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just like that, the, I mean, that's really great that, you know, some companies are stepping up, but I think that that's like, I don't know, like, it still needs to be like, I, I guess that's like against being for choice in a way, because like, you're, like I guess, like I mentioned before, like, I don't think that women should have to ever disclose like, oh, I need to travel for an abortion. So please like, fund this. I feel like it should just be like a private thing that they can do without having to tell, you know, anyone, Um, just like we don't have to tell anyone about any of our like health conditions. Or financial like issues or anything so mm-hmm. the fact that you'd have to kind of go to your company and even if they like found a way to kind of make it anonymous like a lot of people don't trust that right so yeah i think that that cool. still <laughs> doesn't really give a full like choice to women mm-hmm. um but, but i mean it's great that in the meantime and i think another thing another thing that's great is that like you know the the pill will be available still although people are trying to limit like telehealth from different states but i think that that's going to be a legal limit when where you get your telehealth from yeah but yeah i don't know it's going to be a lot of like maybe like little legal things until something more solid comes into play but i'm, I'm like i said i'm just hopeful that, that something will get passed because even you know on the sides of like democrats and republicans like republicans support bills that would allow abortion it just is like to different extents um mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of kind kind of. Coming to terms and just getting it
0: done. Yeah, it's always it always leads back to that. But yeah, I mean, this is obviously a topic that you can kind of like have a marathon conversation mm-hmm. about once you start diving into it and really getting into the intricacies of it. But I wanted just a different perspective on on things, uh, especially a female perspective, and kind of you know we discussed it earlier before we started the actual like recording that just kind of have like that formal conversation and. I'm glad that, you know, um, you process things your own way, but that you're able to have like a formal conversation and, you know, bring kind of some facts, uh, to light that some people, especially from a public health, uh, perspective that some people may not have thought about or have been aware about. Um, so I definitely appreciate you for doing that and for being on the show, um, and kind of discussing this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully in the future, we can have you on for like just a different conversation on something more lighter. You know, you, are you are one of my, one of my good friends and I would love to have you on here and you can share your music choices and we do the questionnaire and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, which we didn't, we obviously didn't do this time around. Um, but either way, Vanessa, uh, I appreciate you for your time. I know you're not much of a talker, but I, I'm going to say this anyway, right? Like, I always at the end of every interview like to just give the guest like a little platform if they want to say anything about anything at all. So you could just say thanks for having on the show or you could like some kind of opinion or maybe something we didn't discuss, but here's your chance, here's your little platform, your 15 seconds of fame. um, So if you have (laughs) anything to say. (laughs)
1: Um, I just, I I don't know, I guess I didn't think about this, but um, I guess don't I, I know like I'm not one to like express a lot of like anger and like I come at this, you know, in a more logical, I try try to come at it in a more logical way. It doesn't mean I, ha- I don't have really strong feelings about this. Like I very strongly think that this should be pro-choice. Like I will fight you on it if you want to fight, but
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true like, like, I,
1: I just don't, I try to, you know, not come at it from that sense when talking about it because um, I don't think that, that, I guess like we need if we need to come like together and get people to understand. Um, always coming from like just a straight emotional side and just like emphasizing those like straight emotion like play on emotions. Like you're not really I guess getting to the other side. Like you know what I mean. Like you might be, I guess, fanning the flame of people that already think the way that you do, and that's fine because that's important. You know, getting people to like protest and get fired up and like call like Congress. And whatnot. Um, and I think that, that, I mean, that's important too. Um, but I guess when you're maybe discussing with someone with a like opposing view, it's, it's better to kind of like try to understand their side. I mean, I don't think that people are, you know, have necessarily bad intentions or most people don't, you know? Um, yeah. So, and, and same for like people that maybe disagree with me and the things, the points that I made, like know that, you know, I don't have bad intentions. I, you know, I only have my life experiences and what I've learned and, and this is what I think is right. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't know. That's, that's, what no, I have that's to say. that was that was actually great. You didn't even, you said you didn't think about it. That was actually a fantastic <laughs> answer. Uh and definitely you hit uh, you hit it on the head again. Uh there's a lot of kind of There's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of things that people in this country don't agree upon. And so many times we come at it from a place of emotion and then we get labeled hard left, you know, or far right, far left. And just having that label automatically kind of builds a barrier between two people being able to have an actual conversation about something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you come at it in, you know, the way that you've come at it today, from a very kind of informative way and also making sure that, People know that you have good intentions, right? At least from there, there can be some kind of actual movement of the needle and people can start to see things one way or the other, as opposed to just having someone yell at them or scream at them and, you know, hit all those kind of uh, qualities that they perceive the other side of the other people who have other opinions, uh, you know, what they tend to have. So Mm -hmm. definitely appreciate you uh, uh, for all that. Vanessa thank you again for coming on the show like I said next time hopefully it's like on lighter terms and we'll have a way funner conversation
1: yeah I thank you I mean you know I was nervous to do this and I Mm. think you know next time I won't be nervous and I'll (laughs) have more fun Uh, I look look forward to that
0: (laughs) uh, you did great yeah I promise you did great just I told you just like we're having a conversation between you and I two professionals two You know two like (laughs) adults now okay having the adult conversation i know but i just
1: i like really uh i really like your podcast and i you know really Mm.
0: admire what you're doing and i
1: think it's like you know if, if i thought that no one would listen to this and it wasn't important like i wouldn't have been nervous or i wouldn't have like thought about these things um you know through and really try to take the time to answer um you know so i just wanted to say like, that that's why i was nervous so thank you, so,
0: like, thank hey, you. I, and I want i want your
1: podcast <laughs> to do well and, like, i want it to be like meaningful so
0: thank you thank you oh that was see that was that was so nice of you i appreciate <laughs> you <laughs> okay Thanks. vanessa i appreciate you your kind words and for all the for the discussion that we had today all right of course have a good one all right all right bye all right, bye. All right, bye. so we've arrived at the end of another episode And before we sign off, I have to once again give my thanks to Vanessa for joining me, especially on such late notice. I definitely walked out of that conversation knowing more than I did walking in. And I hope that other people who may have been misinformed or perhaps just not fully educated to some of the ramifications, especially from a health perspective uh, pertaining to this ruling, that I I hope that somebody could have walked away with something new, uh, some new piece of information and really took something away from this episode, from that conversation and this podcast as a whole. And once again, that was a bit of a heavier episode, but we're no strangers to that. And we don't shy away from topics on this podcast. It's important to always make sure we're talking about these uh, situations, these events, these laws that weigh heavy on our head and have long-term and short-term ramifications. So we're never going to shy away from that topic or any topic for that matter. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit more next week as well. But once again, thank you guys for joining me and for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this t- today's episode uh, or were able to kind of detox or de-stress a little bit from it. And of course, I had to leave you with one more song Uh, today. We didn't really go heavy on the music today, but either way, we got to close it out strong. And one thing that I think we all can agree on is that weeks like this really make us feel like we're going backwards. And so I chose Feels Like We're Only Going Backwards by Tame Impala, just because it seemed like a very fitting song to play, considering the current times. So, as always, conquer today, conquer tomorrow, conquer the day after. I sincerely hope that you all stay safe and have a great 4th of July weekend. I will see you all next week. Peace and love. <laughs>